Good morning. It is lovely to be back here with you. For those of you who don't know me, um, you've probably caught on by now through the cake and various other things. My name is Claire. I am an ordinand, which means that I am in training for ordained ministry. And as you probably gathered from the cake, this is actually my last Sunday here at Christchurch before my training takes me somewhere rather different. So this sermon is going to form something of a goodbye. So as Simon said, the title that I was given for this morning is Wise About Work, which struck me as a rather interesting title and topic to give to someone who has not been in paid employment for 11 years. Still, bear with me and we'll see how we get on. So I wonder what struck you most as you listened to those proverbs about work. Honestly, did you feel that they gave you a full and measured picture of what it takes to be wise about work. Well, I'm going to be brave, and I'm going to put it out there that when I first read through these verses, I felt more than just a little uncomfortable. The focus here seems to be on telling us to work harder. And yet when I look, at the hectic lives that many of us lead, the levels of exhaustion and anxiety that people feel from trying to cram so much in, the sense of an endless treadmill. I'm not sure that working harder is exactly the answer that we're all looking for. So why does Proverbs suggest that it is? Well, whenever we encounter a passage of scripture which doesn't sit quite right with us, the first thing to do is to look at the context. Why was the original author writing this? Who was it written for? With apologies to those of you who have been here every Sunday through the summer and are already feeling pretty up to speed with Proverbs, here's a quick refresher. Proverbs is attributed to King Solomon. It's traditionally seen as his advice to his son, preparing the next king for the work he would need to do and ensuring he was equipped to live his life well. The collection of sayings was compiled in the form that we have it now, quite a while after Solomon's death though, and plenty of other wise sayings from other sources also found their way in. The important thing for us to note though, is that whilst Proverbs contains useful advice for all people in how to live well, it was particularly aimed at educating the young in wise living. As it says in Proverbs chapter 1, Hear, my child, your father's instruction. We could see these passages about work then as being aimed more at a work-shy teenager than a conscientious older worker. Now, in that context, those many warnings we heard a moment ago, not to be lazy, to be as diligent as an ant, not to allow ourselves to slumber or to rest, maybe they make more sense. How many parents here have had conversations with children of any age as you try to encourage homework or music practice or emptying the dishwasher or whatever the particular battles may be in your household? Holding out the consequences of different behaviours. If you don't pull your finger out, poverty will come upon you like a robber, as it says in chapter 6, or keep up the good work and you will serve kings, as it says in chapter 22. The exact phrasing may be different in Winchester in 2023, but the basic approach can often be the same, certainly in our house. So having looked at that original context, 
I can see how the teachings of Proverbs about work are still very relevant today and still reflect the advice that many parents instinctively give to their children. But I'm still wondering, what do they have to say to those of us who are more mature in years, who like to think we've built up a good work ethic? Does this just become a manual to turn to when we're advising others, or does it contain a wider, deeper wisdom? As I was writing this, I confess I hit a slight writer's block. My phone sat tantalizingly close to me on the desk, and so I just quickly checked my email and sent a few texts, very necessary and important ones, of course, just making arrangements for things I was doing later in the day. Then, while my phone was open, I glanced through the headlines on the news app of my choice. It is important, isn't it, that as Christians, we stay fully engaged in the world around us. And then, while I was doing that, uh, something there reminded me that I'd meant to look up a possible long weekend destination for our wedding anniversary later in the year. Well, just a quick web search wasn't going to hurt while I thought of it, otherwise I'd forget. And then it was time to go and make some lunch, and my morning of hard graft writing a sermon had easily and quickly been frittered away into other things. Is it only those lazy teenagers then who need to be reminded to work like an ant? The ant doesn't have anyone to tell it what to do, but works diligently to collect its food so that it's ready for the winter. The ant doesn't only work when the boss is watching or a deadline is coming up, or it's nearly Sunday, but works consistently and productively. God has hardwired wisdom about work into all of creation. And perhaps it's sometimes our arrogance as humans, which means we don't think we need to learn from other parts of creation. Perhaps it's my arrogance, which makes me think that lessons from Proverbs about work are for lazy teenagers rather than for hard workers like me. It takes humility to learn lessons from an ant. But if King Solomon could have that humility, then I think I need to try it too. I'm still not sure, though, that working harder is the only wisdom we need about work. So to return to our checklist of things to do when we're faced with passages which disturb us or we're not sure how to apply them to our lives today, Let's move on to seeing what else wider scripture has to say on the subject. Work is first addressed at the start of the Bible. In Genesis chapter 2, God gives Adam the Garden of Eden to work it. Work was part of the good plan God had for his people from the beginning. But then at the fall, work became harder and less rewarding than it had been before. Struggles at work, struggles to balance our work are one of the signs that we are out of balance, that we are not living as God intended us to do. Work should have been a blessing, but now it has become more mixed. Throughout the Bible, we have many accounts of times when people have worked to the wrong ends. The Tower of Babel, the Golden Calf, many Old Testament kings who built shrines to other gods, they all tried to reach God through their own skill, ingenuity, and hard work instead of placing true trust and faith in him. 
and they all failed. Equally, there's the farmer in Jesus' parable in Luke 12 who built bigger and bigger barns to, sh to store all of his grain. But he died before he had a chance to enjoy his riches. In order to be wise about work then, it's not just about working hard, it's about working hard in the right direction. One of my favorite stories from the whole Bible is that of Martha and Mary from the Gospel of Luke. When Jesus comes to visit, Martha rushes around the house trying to make sure that everything is perfect for him, while her sister Mary just sits at Jesus' feet, soaking up all he has to say. Eventually, this is too much for Martha, who appeals to Jesus, my sister has left me to do all the work by myself. Tell her to help me. Maybe it's because I have a strong tendency myself towards being a Martha, but I am absolutely with her at this point in the story. I know that self-righteous anger, that burning sense of unfairness, that I am working so hard and someone else is being lazy. And so I really need to hear Jesus' gentle rebuke. You are worried and upset about many things, but Mary has chosen what is better. Sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to his word are better uses of our time, it would seem, than what we would more obviously and naturally call work. So how does this sit with those injunctions not to be lazy in Proverbs? Our view of work would be that it was Martha who was working and Mary who was being lazy, but Jesus clearly says that it was Mary who got it right. I've already said that when a biblical passage puzzles us, it's a good idea to look at it in the context of what the original author intended and how it sits within wider scripture. But since we have different verses here taken from across the book of Proverbs, it's also worthwhile looking at how these particular verses fit into the whole of that book. We have seen that Proverbs originated, at least in part, from King Solomon advising his son and heir. In that, he sets up wisdom and folly as opposing forces. Talking, as he was, to a teenage boy, he depicts folly as an adulterous woman trying to tempt young men, whereas, folly, whereas wisdom is a fine lady who is more precious than jewels. Nothing you desire can compare with her. However, Solomon is clear that there is only one place where true wisdom can be found. The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Therefore, trust in the Lord with all your might and do not rely on your own insight. Maybe it's not so much that Proverbs disagrees with other passages of the scripture then, but that we can misunderstand what is meant by work. We define it too narrowly as the things we are paid to do or what happens between certain hours or in certain places or with certain people. Like Martha, maybe we are all in danger of trying to work so much that we fail to work properly at all. Let me tell you a story. When I graduated, many, many years ago, 
I went to work in politics. Honestly, this was something that was more fun and exciting rather than something I really felt God calling me to, but I spent a wonderful few years in Westminster. It was incredibly exciting, and although I didn't work for a party that was in government, I was involved in developing a policy which has since been implemented. You can ask me about that afterwards if you want to. But after a few years ago, I, after a few years, I started to feel dissatisfied. I didn't want to go on to be an MP myself, and that limited what I could do and the opportunities I would get. And so, I decided to stop writing about how other people should do education and go and do it myself, and I trained to be a teacher. This time, I was sure that I was where God wanted me to be. I was full of zeal to transform the lives of disadvantaged children. And for the first few years, I was in absolutely the right place. The work was hard, and gradually I started working longer and longer hours, but I didn't care. It was fulfilling, and I found myself closer to God than I had ever been. I was working hard, but in the right direction. I had a, also had a clear plan of where my career was going, so soon enough it was time for promotion. I moved to become deputy head of a school that was, in Ofsted speak, failing. I was told I was the final part of the team brought in to turn the school around. But then at the end of my first week, the head teacher was sacked. The years that followed were really difficult. The school lurched from crisis to crisis. I worked harder and harder, longer and longer. And I suspect that my performance as a teacher got worse and worse. And the harder and the longer I worked, this time, the further I felt from God. On the surface, I could talk the talk. I still came to church, sometimes. I still went to house group, occasionally, but I was running on empty. By the time I left that school 11 years ago, I had lost all confidence in my ability to do pretty much anything. I may have been working as hard as those proverbs we have read seem to encourage, but I was not being wise with my work because I had lost sight of the source of wisdom. But that was 11 years ago, and God is good. Armed with my new baby, I started coming to Oasis on a Monday morning. Through that, I met the then children's minister, who quickly had me leading the Tuesday morning toddler group. I still don't really understand how that happened. Across these 11 years, a slight blur as they are from the very real work of raising three children, I've grown in ways I could never have imagined. God has gently put me back together and allowed me to see all the good that did come out of those years as a deputy head. There are so many of you here who have played a part in that journey. Those of you I've served alongside at toddlers, messy church, bumps and babies, Christmas choirs, or making endless recordings for lockdown services. Those of you who have been so gracious with my mistakes and my bad ideas. Those of you who have encouraged me with a word or a question or a story. Those of you who have mentored me. Those of you who have prayed with me or for me. 
those of you who have allowed me the privilege of walking the way of parenthood with you. I was tempted to try to pull together a list of names here, but that would inevitably be just to leave someone out. So I just want to say thank you to all of you from the bottom of my heart. In allowing me to work alongside you, you have helped draw me back to the source of wisdom, which means that I am ready and equipped to go out and work elsewhere again. As of next week, I will be serving in a little rural benefice of seven churches where we live. In size and scope, it couldn't be much further from life here, but I'm excited about all the possibilities that there are there. This time, though, I will take the full wisdom of the Bible with me. Yes, I will work long and hard, but I will try to curb my natural Martha tendencies and never again lose sight of why I'm working and who I'm really working for. I will try to sit at Jesus' feet and soak up his word, for that is work too. And without that, none of the rest of it makes sense. I know now that I can only be wise about work when I take seriously the work of investing in my relationship with God, and then I can work hard in the right direction. So, enough about me. What about you? Are you working just as hard on your relationship with God as you are on whatever you consider to be your work? It's a tough one. Our work culture today following centuries of Protestantism, it has to be said, often seems to promote the idea that working longer and harder is the good choice, the moral choice. And at first glance, that was what Proverbs seemed to be saying. But I hope we've seen that the Bible tells us that it's only the good choice when we're truly wise about our work, when we also work at drawing on the source of all wisdom sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him. Much of the time, we will got, get no praise for this, no admiration from others like we might for pulling a really long shift at work. But like the ant who works hard, even though it doesn't have someone telling it to, so we need to work hard, even if no one else realizes it. After all, God knows the hard work we're putting in with him. And that's all that really matters. There are many ways of doing that, of course. A pattern of daily prayer and Bible reading, being part of a small group who really know you, who can challenge and support you. These are really important things. But as I leave to Pastures New, I want to encourage you to consider making some form of service in the church here part of your work, Walk With God, too, if you don't already. The biggest turning point for me in my relationship with God was taking on leading the Tuesday morning toddler group. What at first seemed like an operational task, just more work. Organising a team of volunteers, making sure that craft materials and snack was ready each week. It soon became something so much more. By offering a little of my time, I saw God at work in countless lives. I saw answered prayers, and I walked with some people through some really tough times. 
God used that small act of service in incredible ways. And I know he'll honor your willingness to serve too. I know that there are many of you here this morning for whom this is already a standard part of your life. But if you've not yet started serving regularly, I would really encourage you to consider it. This is an amazing community. I have loved being a part of it. And it will really enrich your life and your relationship with God to get more involved. And when you see working on your relationship with God as just as much work as what you do in other parts of your life, the things that other people see and comment on, then maybe it becomes a little easier to find the time not to feel guilty for spending time with God and his people. So being wise about work means seeing that work is part of God's good plan for us, but we've got it out of balance. We've focused too narrowly on the work other people see and sometimes neglected the hard work of a relationship with God. Yes, we do need to work as diligently as the ant, but we need to make sure we're working hard in the right direction, working just as hard on tuning into God, the source of all wisdom, as we are on doing the things we more easily think of as work. As I leave here, this is what I will take with me, a determination only to work hard when I'm working in the right direction, when I'm working just as hard at my relationship with God as I am at the things other people can see. And this is my prayer for all of you too, that, you are, that as you are wise about work, you would be filled to the fullness of all the fullness of God. And then just imagine what this amazing army of saints can go out and do. Amen.